Hey, welcome to the Colorism Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah L. Webb. Thank you for tuning in. This episode is a recorded session of my live Wednesday writing workshop that I stream every week at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Instagram and Facebook. The live experience is unique and interactive, so I'd love for you to join us. For those who can't catch the lives or who want to replay the sessions for review at a later date, you can listen right here to the podcast version or view the video recording on the Colorism Healing Facebook page and YouTube channel. Please like, follow, share, and subscribe to Colorism Healing on all your favorite sites. And if you know someone who could use or appreciate any of my content, please share it with them. Now, let's let you listen. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so I am live. have about 30 seconds until four o'clock when the workshop is officially supposed to start. But as you all tune in, go ahead and say hello in the comments. Let me know where you're tuning in from. I'm excited about this week. Hey, Sienna, welcome back. Good to see you. You're right on time. <laughs> so I'm giving the first couple of minutes to get people a chance to get on board. Um, I am live on both Instagram and Facebook. I'm trying a new platform on Facebook, so let me know how that looks if you're tuning in from there. And my Instagram folks. All right. Hey, I like the hearts. Wave. <laughs> All right. So we got Jindel in on Facebook, Sienna in on Instagram. My loyal viewers, thank y'all for participating from week to week. Um, grainy, but we can still hear and see. Okay. Hopefully it's not too grainy and could be in my internet connection. Um, do you see the welcome bar at the bottom? So this week is going to be a little different. The past couple of weeks, we talked about grammar. So I want to take a break from the nitty gritty grammar stuff and do something more poetic, more creative. So we'll be digging into some elements of poetry, but more specifically, metaphors. So I love metaphors. You love metaphors too, even if you know it or not. <laughs> um, all right. So I think we'll go ahead and get started. The first question I have for you all, so as always, it's interactive. I like to test out how people are engaging on the platform. So my first question, simply type your response in the chat, is how do you feel about poetry? So do you love it? Do you write poetry? Do you love to read it? Do you hate it? Does it annoy you? Are you apathetic about it? Do you care one way or the other? So let me know how you feel about poetry. What's your attitude about poetry? I wanna see how many poets we have watching. And then also if you're just joining, go ahead and say hello. Let me know where you're tuning in from. A couple of announcements to keep in mind while we are preparing to get started. 
I'm doing a live, a special live stream tomorrow on Facebook, on the Colorism Healing Facebook page. I will be interviewing Diana Vasquez, who is the project assistant for the 2020 Colorism Healing Writing Contest. Um, so if you have time, tune in. That'll be tomorrow, Thursday, April 2nd at 1.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So Diana is really great. She's been a huge help for the contest. And she'll be talking about colorism, why she wanted to participate with the project, and also why she wants to pursue a career in editing and publishing and that sort of thing. Um, the Kaleidoscope workbook is still on sale for $0. So do check that out. Print it. It's in PDF form, so you can print it out, make copies for the kiddos or for yourself if you'd like. Okay, so Jindel says, love it. You love poetry. Okay, excellent. Um, I myself love poetry. I always have. I have coached poetry slams, teach, currently teaching poetry, writing workshops and classes. Um, and yeah, I love to read it as well. Um, so a quick recap of what we've done before. Um, in the first two workshop sessions, we looked at grammar, right? Writing complete sentences, uh, writing grammatically correct complete sentences, um, using semicolons, apposites, and that sort of thing. But even though grammar was the focus, I still tied it into just positivity in general, right? So all of these writing workshops are very much aligned with the colorism healing mission of positivity, of self-love, of um, healing, right, of spiritual growth, doing inner work. And so even though we were talking about grammar, we use the framework of positive affirmations and gratitude statements, okay? And so that'll be pretty much consistent from week to week as far as how the writing workshops proceed. Um, there will be tangible writing takeaways, but always for the purpose of infusing our everyday lives with more positivity more love, more healing. Um, and so I'm gonna do that this week with the concept of metaphors. So we'll talk about what metaphors mean, um, but the idea of language in general, right? And one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about using my love of writing to talk about this issue of colorism is because language, how we talk about things and how we describe things is connected to how we perceive those things, right? The language we use to talk about people reflects our attitudes about those people, right? And it can also shape attitudes about certain groups of people, okay? So that's one of the reasons why I think writing and the use of language, the exploration of language is such um, an important component to my work on colorism healing. In addition to the fact that writing is just my thing, right? Um, we can think about language even in terms of how we describe skin tones. Um, and using metaphor in particular, I think goes underestimated, right? It's, we underestimate how much we use metaphors. We underestimate um, how powerful metaphors can be in um, shaping our experiences of life, really. Um, so what is a metaphor? Let's talk about that. Does anyone know the definition of a metaphor? Does anyone want to jump in and explain 
what a metaphor is. Maybe reflect back on your high school days, your high school English classes or your college English, cla English classes and sort of tell us what, um, how you would define metaphor. Any takers? No, no one. Okay, so I'll give you a very basic definition of what metaphor is, okay? So metaphor is basically um, a comparison that's used to help us understand or explain or describe something, right? So we're, we have an idea and we want to know more about that idea. We want to better understand that idea. And so we can use a metaphor to understand it by comparing it to something else that we do understand, okay? Um, and we use metaphors a lot in everyday life. Some examples, I'll, I'll have you drop in some examples, some everyday, very common metaphors that you know of. Um, type them out, let me know. As you're thinking of ones that you know about, I'm going to give you a few examples of what a metaphor might be. So one is that I have a bag of tricks, okay? I don't literally have a bag in my hand, right? But you can imagine that I have a lot of different skills or strategies or tactics that I can use to accomplish something, right? So when we say I have a bag of tricks, that means we have a storehouse of tools, okay? Um, another example of a metaphor might be, this live stream was smooth sailing, okay? So using the metaphor of sailing on the seas or sailing on calm waters in a boat to describe what a process is like, right? So this was smooth sailing. Another one, um, temperatures are steadily climbing. Thankfully, I'm so grateful for that. I am glad spring is here and that winter is over. Um, but the metaphor steadily climbing makes the temperatures seem like they are climbing a mountain or climbing a ladder, right? So using that metaphor of climbing to describe something about the temperatures, right? They're increasing in number. Um, we use the metaphor, I just got dumped, is a good metaphor, right? A common metaphor that we don't even think of as being a metaphor, right? It's so common, we use it so often that we don't even think of it as such, right? I got dumped. Really, it's not like someone's hauling us off in a wheelbarrow and then dumping us off, right? But it's a good analogy for how it feels, right? Like, oh, we just got picked up and then dumped off and left somewhere, right? Now, the opposite of that, another metaphor could be, I just got hitched. So people say, I just got hitched. They aren't literally being hitched to the back of a truck, right, or being, hitched to a fence or a hook, right? They're, what they mean though, it's a metaphor for being connected to another person, right? Usually via marriage. Um, so let me know some of the samples, uh, metaphors that you all hear in your everyday life. I'll name some more. Um, I'm trapped at my desk, right? So trapped at my desk doesn't mean I'm literally chained to it or in a cage, but it means I have so much work to do I can't leave, right? So trapped at my desk is a common metaphor. Drowning in my sorrows 
is a good one. We a lot of times use water and oceans and that kind of imagery to explain emotions, right? So drowning in my sorrows, we kind of imagine that that means I'm so sad and so sorrowful that it seems like I can't rise above it, right? That it's overwhelming me in some way. Um, Oh, another one, prices skyrocketed. And as I say that, an airplane flies over. I don't know if you all can hear it. Um, but the idea of prices skyrocketing, right? That means prices rise really quickly, right? Not that they're an actual rocket. So those are some examples of very common metaphors that we use in everyday life. So even people who don't identify as poets or who don't write creatively, you're still using creative, figurative, poetic language in your everyday life. And sometimes those metaphors are so common that we don't even deem them as such, right? We don't even consider them to be metaphorical, but they are. Um, so I'm not getting a lot of engagement in the comments just yet. The viewer count is relatively low, let's see. So it's gonna be really hard to do this next part without folks tuning in and chatting. But I will start to describe what that is for those of you who are on and watching. So for you to practice in this writing workshop using metaphors for yourself, we're gonna think about the thing that we want to better understand or to describe or to explain, okay? And then once we've established what it is we're trying to explain or describe, we will brainstorm and think about some metaphors we can compare it to or some objects we can compare it to to better understand it, right? To create our metaphors. And so the, a few things I want us to describe metaphorically speaking, are social distancing. So tell us what your experience of social distancing has been like so far, right? Use a metaphor to describe for you what social distancing was like. Um, I came up with a sample metaphor and it's the voices of my friends echo in the silos of social distancing, right? So I picture social distancing as like people being in silos and we're so far apart that it echoes. So even though we can communicate, it's still get that, you still get that sense of distance in the presence of an echo, right? Um, <laughs> so Jendel Crutchfield gives us, gives us a sample um, metaphor that we use all the time, right? In everyday language. And it's, I put my foot in my mouth. Yes, that is definitely a metaphor, right? So putting your foot in your mouth is not literal. It's figurative language that we use in poetry, like we use in poetry. And it's usually expressing the fact that you said the wrong thing, right? Or you said it at the wrong time, right? So putting your foot in your mouth is a good metaphor, example of a metaphor. Are there any other common ones? I'm thinking um, red as a rose or I got butterflies in my stomach. 
That's a very common one. I like that one. I have butterflies in my stomach is a great metaphor. Um, so when you're ready to practice, go ahead and type in the chat. Um, a metaphor that you would use to describe social distancing. And I'm going to put a bar on the bottom for other things that you might describe instead of social distancing. You can also describe yourself on your worst or your best day. <laughs> you could describe your hair, okay? Um, I might describe my hair, for example, um, as a fleece blanket, right? So I might say I pulled back the fleece blanket around my head. Um, other common ways to describe hair might be lamb's wool, woolly hair, or if you have straighter or different um, hair texture, you might say it's springy or like uh, suede, right? Maybe your hair is like suede. So your options for your practice metaphor to describe social distancing, to describe what you're like on your worst day or what you're like on your best day and or describe your hair. So think of a metaphor that describes one or more of those three things. I will give you all a second to do that. While you're doing that, I'm gonna recap some of the announcements that I made at the beginning in case anyone's joining late. Um, this is the third of the live writing workshops. In the past, we did stuff on grammar. Today, we're doing metaphors as we dig into more poetic and creative kinds of writing. And tomorrow, I'm doing a special live stream with my project assistant for the Colorism Healing Writing Contest, Diana Vasquez. Um, that'll be live on Facebook at 1.30 p.m. on Thursday, April 2nd. So do tune in if you can. Diana is a student at UIS, and she'll be talking about her interest in pursuing a career in publishing and editing and advocating for writers of color and um, why she wanted to do work on colorism, why it's important to talk about colorism and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I'm gonna wait a few more seconds to see if we have any responses. And if you all have suggestions for what you'd like to see in the next live writing workshop, let me know.
All right. Um, so this might be a pretty quick live stream. Um, not as many viewers, so not as much participation. And the live stream is all about the interaction. So it's not just for me to talk at everyone, but a lot of it is based on everyone giving your samples or your explanations and that sort of thing. What I'll do instead is finish out the practice section. So giving instructions and then people who can watch later the playback, the recorded version can follow along and do the practice um, on their own with the recorded version, okay? Um, <laughs> so Jindel says those are not easy to come up with. Okay, um, so then we can help each other, right? So I think maybe one of the easier ones might be your hair. So coming up with a metaphor to describe your hair, okay? So you might say your hair is a cloud, right? Or if you have long straight hair, you might say your hair is strands of spaghetti noodles, right? Your hair is noodly, you have noodle hair. Or maybe you have hair like a cobweb, right? Or maybe you have hair um, like a sponge. So maybe you have spongy hair, right? Um, some other examples to jumpstart the thinking about social distancing, for example. The big thing is you're thinking about distance, right? And so if you're trying to come up with a metaphor to help someone understand what that's like, you can think of things that represent distance, okay? So like for me, I talked about silos, right? Or echoes, right? So something echoes, we imagine it being far away or being empty, right? Like. Um, in a valley and something echoes across against the mountains, right? It's far away. Um, other things that might represent distance in your mind could be a bridge, right? Or there's a long bridge between me and my family, right? Or social distancing is like an impassable bridge, a bridge we cannot cross, right? Other things that might represent distance could be... Um, uh, a valley or a chasm, right? Or a long shot or a half court uh, shot or um, miles and miles apart. You can think of, if you're in the United States, you might use a country in the different hemisphere to represent that distance, right? So I can say social distancing feels like I've left and gone to Australia, right? And so that's metaphors that represent for you some kind of distance. Does that make better sense about how the process of coming up with metaphors work? Um, so for example, the second option to describe yourself on your worst day or your best day, right? So you kind of want to just think in regular language um, what you're like on your worst day, right? So maybe you 
are really quiet and you don't talk to anyone on your worst day. So you can say something like, um, I am like a vault on my worst day, or I am a vault on my worst day. I don't open up, I'm closed off. <laughs> okay, so she says, probably we'll think of a bunch after the fact. Makes sense, okay. And then maybe on your best day, you're really talkative, right? And so you can say, on my best day, I'm like a constant ever playing radio station, or I'm like a nonstop 24-hour radio station, right? Because I talk a lot. Or um, I'm like a three-year-old um, telling a story about their day, or I am a, the song that never ends, right? On my best day, I am the song that doesn't end. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. Um, so I wanna maybe try some easier ones right? We can think of ones that might be considered cliche or um, very common, right? So like if you are describing what it means to be happy, you can say, oh, I'm as happy as a sunny day, right? I'm as joyful as a child or as buoyant as a big balloon, right? And so if you can't come up with ones for that specific one, then maybe just try any kind of metaphor that you can think of. Um, I am going to put up the next uh, practice assignment. Yeah. So one thing to think about in terms of metaphors is that we can use them to convey different kinds of feelings, right? And so I had the exercise to get people to think about a house. It could be your actual house, it could be the house you grew up in, but just imagine, picture in your head for a second, a house of any sort. Um, you can use language, right, to give two different feelings for what kind of house that is, right? And so the challenge would be to come up with a metaphor that would express your love or admiration for the house, right? So if it's your childhood house, you can think of it being um, a beautiful garden, right? Or you can think of it being a sanctuary, or you can think of it being a temple, right? Going home to your temple, or you could think of it being your, your nursery. Um, and then there are other metaphors you can use, right? For example, if you wanted to describe a house that you were afraid of, right? So maybe there's a haunted house. You can say, oh, it's a ghostly mansion, right? Or it's uh, a house like a tomb, right? The house looks like a graveyard, right? Um, those kinds of ways of describing a house that make it seem more suspicious or scary versus the more pleasant um, metaphors, right? So that's just an example. I'm not gonna have us go in and practice it now, um, but keep that in mind, right? That the metaphors can create the attitude or the feeling that we get about something, right? So that brings me to my closing. I want to give you some homework. So that homework is to pay attention to how you use language. So very simple, start listening to yourself when you describe things. And then consider what that might imply 
about how you feel about that thing or consider what the consequences of the way you're describing something might be, right? And I think a lot about police reports when they're looking for suspects or and they describe them as being dark-skinned or um, tall or short or being, you know, between the ages of 20 to 25. Um, that's going to influence and implant a certain image in people's minds, right? That has very real consequences for what might happen, right? And so thinking about the power of language, the power of describing things um, and just in your everyday talk, right? So maybe you're talking with your kids or your coworkers or your friends or your husband or wife or spouse or partner um, and you're describing something, just stop and think, oh, okay, I was angry by the customer service. So I'm describing using words that convey the fact that I'm angry about the poor customer service. Um, Yeah, and so the last thing I'll do, um, as always, I like to close with affirmations. So your affirmation is that you are creative and you have the power to create. You are creative, you have the power to create. So whether you consider yourself to be a creative person or not, it is my belief that all human beings were given creative power and you, are free to discover yours and free to use it to create whatever beauty you are inspired to create. With that, I will leave you all for this week and I hope to see you next Wednesday.